One last go. Clink. Hello and good evening, ladies and gentlemen. I can't believe we made it. Yeah, we made it all the way here. Number 52, one year of consecutive recordings. Whew. Also, the last episode we're re- that we're going to record for this podcast. Yes, I mean, but by no means the end. I don't know if any this of you guys... is definitely not the end. <laughs> I don't know if you guys have kept up at all. Uh, this is... Uh, not an advertisement by any means, but just letting you guys know. If you like us, just we're uh, starting a new podcast called The Tome of Fucking Knowledge. It's going to be good and fun and similar to what we do here, but with more than just music. So, And we're excited and nervous about it, so yeah. that's a good sign. Yeah, exactly. So by all means, please uh, feel free to join us if you would like. Either way, we thank you for the entire year of listening for all you who have, because there's been... Well, way more people than I was really expecting to listen in this first year, and uh, I'm really excited with how we've gone and where we've or where we've come from and where we're going. So, yeah, we really have grown a lot. I did listen to some of our earlier stuff that we first started with, and it's just like, oh, not nearly as good as what yeah, we've been yeah, doing. Yeah. <laughs> we, we we feel really dry and uncomfortable, and even now, like I can still see all the things that I'm going to be better at next year. But I'm just really proud of the progress we made. Not just us, but uh, I'm really proud of all you for listening to us and coming out here and, you know, sharing your time with us because, you know, it makes this whole thing possible. I'm glad that you guys like music as much as we do. Thank you, guys. Seriously. But, you know, that is the end of our episode, so have a good night. Yep, yep. so this was the thank you episode, shortest episode. No, we're just kidding. We do have an episode planned for you guys. It's definitely going to be different, though. Yeah, so for those who listened to our announcement at the end of the episode last week, uh, we're going to do an award show. I mean, you know, our version of an award ceremony, because we've encountered a whole lot of people in our discoveries this year. And, yeah, uh, we were going through the list, and it's just like, holy shit, we covered a lot of people. Yeah, there's uh, just just a very large amount of people that we have encountered and learned their stories and really become intimate with. So some people really deserve to be honored, and some people really deserve to have one final call out from Dude Check Out This Song. So we've dusted out the ultra asshole spotlight, and we've also got some, you know, good heartwarming awards to give out, too. But mostly asshole awards. (laughs) (laughs) Let's be honest. Nobody was notified if they won an award and they're still alive because, you know what, our opinions aren't that important. This is more uh, just for us and just for our fans. And who are we going to give all these awards to? (laughs) Oh, I'm taking them home. I'm going to put them up (laughs) on the the wall so it looks like I win things. (laughs) (laughs) And then you read close and it's just like, that's a terrible award. Who? That's not you, Pat. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, I mean, you know, it's either way, it's going to be a lot of fun. And I'm uh, quite looking forward to it. I believe we have, what, 11 awards to give out tonight? 11 awards. Oh, yeah, that's a good number. I always like the number 11. And uh, so I guess we might as well uh, kick off where we start off. Uh, we we looking at a good or a bad award for our first this time, Ian? 
We're looking at a bad one. This is our Decot Scumbag Award. Oh, goodness golly. Starting it off with a bang, right? Yeah, we're starting off with an ultra bang. I mean, I hinted towards this in the opening, but I guess we're going to go right into it. The Scumbag Award, well, that's a pretty self-explanatory word or award, but I'll cover the, uh, you know, the basics. This is held towards the people who, you know, committed large amounts of violence, any sort of, you know, psychopathic behavior or, or just, you know, exhibited high amounts of, I don't know, racism. Douchebaggery. Yeah, <laughs> racism or general douchebaggery. There was a lot of them, ironically enough. Like, Especially early on yeah, with the racism. Oh, man. We had to cut a lot of people out of the nominations. So the people, the big five who arrive here at the nominations should know that even if they don't win, in our hearts, you are still complete fucking dickheads. So uh, I'm going to move on over to my co-host here, Ian, and he's going to announce our nominees for this fantastic amazing award <laughs> and so our nominees for the decot scumbag award first one we got spade cooley oh. oh man you know the guy who thought his wife was cheating on him even though he was constantly cheating on his wife and got all sorts of jealous and then you know beat the shit out of her all the way till she died and then showed her body to his daughter you know yeah like a real class act <laughs> What a what a wonderful scumbag we got here. Yeah, yeah, real, real class act here. <laughs> Loving it. And then on our next one, we got Phil Spector. Oh, another real fantastic gentleman. Yeah, you know, he loved flashing his gun at people, you know. Like John Lennon, the Ramones, and Blondie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, not so. Just to clarify, if you didn't listen to that episode, he those are not other people who like to flash guns. Those are people that he flashed his gun at. Yes, yes, he flashed his while gun. they were in the studio. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, and he also picked up a waitress, and somehow she mysteriously died while. Being sexy with a gun in her mouth. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> Quote, unquote, mysteriously died. <laughs> Definite scumbag we got here. And so then we've got Bix Beaterback. Now, those of you who just recently started listening to us or didn't check out our earlier episodes, real piece of work right here. <laughs> yeah. Like, I'm not, I, you know, I'm not surprised if you don't listen to our older stuff because, you know, I believe our quality has increased over this year, but. I wish we would have waited for this guy's story because how this guy's story ends is still something that I don't think I'm ever going to get out of my mind. But we shouldn't talk about that now. Oh, of course, no. But, you know, I mean, this guy was just, like, the biggest drunken asshole. Like, he constantly got kicked out of school for drinking and Mm -hmm. doing all sorts of, you know, real just, like, mischievous stuff that we've all done in our teens and early 20s, you know? Yep, and he was also a racist. He was also a racist, definitely, like, really, really bad. But the worst thing is he was accused of molesting a five-year-old girl. Yeah, and, uh, you know, those sort of accusations are not accidental. I don't know. There, There's always something creepy going on with when those accusations come out. Yeah, exactly. I don't know. It, Especially it was, it when was long before our time and there wasn't a lot of documentation on it, but <laughs> it made us uncomfortable and it's still making me uncomfortable. Yep. This very <laughs> moment. And for making me uncomfortable, you totally get a decot scumbag nomination. Yep. And then we got a man who, you know, 
you really wanted to love at first. <laughs> oh, yes. The, the worst bait and switch you've ever pulled on me, Ian. We got Pat Hare. Son of a bitch. <laughs> now, you know, Pat Hare was a blues musician who was known to use a lot of distortion, at least what a lot of distortion was back when he started doing it because he's basically the only one. Yep. You know, really important to heavy metal music, but also killed a married woman he was sleeping with, one that he was not married to, by the way. She was married to some other dude. Yep. He killed her. When the cops came in to arrest him, he shot and killed another one. Yep. <laughs> so yep. that he was a he was a real piece of shit work. Man after your own namesake. <laughs> yeah, fuck, <laughs> fuck you, Ian. <laughs> hey. The only Ian we had that we mentioned this year was a pretty much a badass. So you know what? <laughs> he played the flute though. <laughs> <laughs> we didn't cover Ian Anderson. Oh right, yeah. Lemmy. Oh yes, that's right. I forget. <laughs> Lemmy's name is Ian. Well, don't worry. In our new podcast, I will be bringing up every Ian who's ever fucked up in the history of man. <laughs> and then, last but not least, <laughs> well, I mean, least is kind of relative in this uh, particular award ceremony. <laughs> We've got James Petrillo. Oh, boo! Oh, the leader of the American Federation of Musicians. And even though it sounded like he was trying to do a good job, did a music ban and literally killed the music industry for years. Yep. Fuck that guy. That's such a fucked up thing to do, man. Yeah, he killed multiple musical genres and musical industries with his bullshit. And uh, then it also turned out he finally quit when uh, black people were allowed to have positions of power. No, he was forced out. Oh, yeah, that's right. He was forced out. He was forced out. He was forced out because because he was a straight up racist piece of shit. And that's not a surprise because, uh, notably, the nineteen uh, what is it forty five? Is it th- that's the first uh, forty two? Oh, is it forty two? Is the worst uh, the first band? Yeah. Oh yeah. Well, the first it's band- been it's been a year, guys. Yeah. So this is one of the very first episodes. If you listen to this episode, high five to you for sticking through for the entire year of our little growth. Uh, we really appreciate it. But yeah, uh, pretty much anybody who ruins the uh, the music industry as hard as he could and then also gets forced out for being a racist, guess what? Nomination for you, bro. <laughs> now, shall we get to the winner? Dun, 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 dun. And out of nowhere, our winner is Gary Glitter, the <laughs> child rapist extraordinaire. <laughs> Fuck that fucking guy. <laughs> Wait, really? Did, did we write that? <laughs> we got the envelopes and everything here. <laughs> nah, I just, you know, fuck that guy. So <laughs> he should win a scumbag award, right, too. Cool, man. He gets a participation trophy. <laughs> So the real winner is James Petrillo, because you know what? One of the most fucked up things you can do is kill music. Yeah. And, you know, it was hard to give him the actual uh, award because, you know, he had some real, real uh, heavy hitters in the lineup with him. Multiple psychopathic murderers and, you know, some some real douchebags. But I think his damage was... To the economy of music and also the economy of the planet. Yeah, the what he did to music was really shitty, so Yeah, and you know, if there wasn't a music band, maybe Charlie Parker could have got recording earlier. 
and not on heroin, but I mean, I doubt that he wouldn't have gotten on heroin, but still, you know, maybe James Petrillo is the reason that Charlie Parker died. Yep. Maybe. And that's what I'm sticking with. And so the next award we got is words to live by award. Oh yes. Uh, we've had some of the most amazing quotes as we've gone through this year. And honestly, we shouldn't have been surprised because musicians have good ways or like have a way with words, but Oh my God! It was it was really hard. To <laughs> there make. were some there were some good ones out there. It was really hard to make these choices. So uh, without further ado, the words that are worth living by, Ian, give us our nominations. The first one is Tom Waits. Your hands are like dogs going to the same places they've been. You have to be careful when playing is no longer in the mind but in the fingers. Going to happy places. You have to break them of their habits or you don't explore. You only play what is confident and pleasing. I'm learning to break these habits by playing instruments I know absolutely nothing about, like bassoon or a water phone. (laughs) Oh, my God. (laughs) And that, of course, was when he was talking about when he first started doing the big trilogy, you know, right around Swordfish Trombone. Yep, and all the amazing mu- or, uh, different instruments that would be featured in his music, which is some of the things that I like the most about his music, too. So, Yeah, and the way he describes everything is it's just, it's eccentric, you know, also semi, like, self-explanatory, you know? And so it's very Tom, it's a very Tom Waits quote. <laughs> yeah. In the next nominee, we got Lemmy. We probably did about a six-week stint. I suppose when you consider what we'd done the whole of the previous record in three days, that's a massive period of time. But what you also have to bear in mind is that it wasn't a block of time in which we just concentrated on the album. We were also doing gigs. That's the way things happened back then. It was far less regimented. However, we were all aware that studios cost a fuckload of money, so we weren't about to waste our time. (laughs) And, you know, that's Lemmy talking about when they went in to record Overkill, their first, like, real, like, truly big album to come out. Yep. And the next nominee, we got Frank Zappa. You can't appreciate what jail is and what goes on there unless someone sticks you in one. In a way, I guess I have to thank Detective Willis and the evil machinery of San Bernardino legal system for giving me a chance to see, from that perspective, what the penal system is like in this country and... How ineffectual and stupid it is. <laughs> Zappa has a m- multitude of amazing quotes. He really is just something else. And of course, that's him talking about when he got arrested for making a recorded porno t- or an audio porno tape. <laughs> that he was also entrapped into making. Yep. Oh my God. That's a wild episode. And our next nominee, we got Sunhouse, throwing it back to the early episodes. Oh, yes, but old Sunhouse still has a little bit of wisdom for us. Probably the first guy I started quoting, you know, in this show. So this was like episode three, I want to say. And he said, this boy had a thing on his finger like a small medicine bottle, and he was just zinging it, you know? Just zinging it. <laughs> great fucking quote dude like i don't know man because he became known for his slide guitar and this is how it all started yep the the just the zinging it (laughs) and then we got howling wolf that's where i got my break back in the country people weren't able to pay you too much 
Sometimes you'd work all night for a fish sandwich. Glad to get it, too. Oh, yeah. And that's talking about literally playing music all night for a fish sandwich. <laughs> and just being broke as shit. It's just like, well, at least I got food in my belly. Yeah, at least I played music and have a fish sandwich. Well, a fish sandwich doesn't sound too bad. You don't really hear a lot about fish sandwiches nowadays. Well, this was the South, so it probably was a catfish, too. <laughs> yep. Ready for the winner? Oh, yeah. Doom, 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 doom. <laughs> and the winner is Lemmy. <laughs> because half his episode was just quotes, first of all. Like, Lemmy was just the quote guy. And, you know, this is the one that kind of won it for me. Jimmy taught me how to find drugs in the most unlikely places because that was part of my job for him. That's how I learned how to function on five hits of acid. But I also learned about theatrics and performing. Jimmy was so effortlessly cool, and he would move like an elegant spider. <laughs> <laughs> this is a reference to Jimi Hendrix himself as well. He was always interested in the crowd. He made very bad jokes because he was so out of his mind. People couldn't figure out what he was talking about by the time he finished. But he was certainly the best guitar player you'll ever see. Probably ever. <laughs> yeah, I mean, <laughs> and he ain't wrong. Jimmy was crazy. That's just a great quote, too. Yep. And that also breaks that that myth where, because remember, like, there was always, like, a high school argument where people were like, oh, he kept acid in his headband, man. And people were like, <laughs> no, he actually never did acid, you know. He was he was pretty clean. He just drank a lot and blah, blah, blah. And, well, <laughs> Lemmy toured with him. He yeah. did acid. Lemmy got him acid, the end. We solved the mystery. And now we've got some good people to award. Oh, yes, finally. Well, I mean, the, the best quotes aren't necessarily bad, but now we actually get to give somebody someone or something for being decent. One might say the most righteous of people. This category is quite broad. Honestly, this uh, may be quite opinionated, but uh, there were so many people that we actually researched that were just so fantastically amazing that we wanted to just shout them out. Uh, you know, so we nominated some people who are really amazing and then we, uh, argued for a very long time to try and decide who was the most righteous of individuals. Oh, this wasn't the first one we got in a fist fight over. <laughs> <laughs> that move you pulled on me to win this one, man. That was oh, good. Yeah. Yep. You seem to be walking all right now though. Yeah. I had to ice it for a while. <laughs> <laughs> and so the first nominee we got Alan Lomax. Oh Yes. And, I mean, what can you really say about him other than his life's goal was just to bring music to people? I mean, what what a noble cause for the cause of music, really. Yeah, and you really don't even hear about him or know about him because he wasn't a selfish individual that put his music or name on everything. I mean, there's a few, like, Alan Lomax collections, but I believe those were put together by people who aren't even him after he was dead. Quite him deep. and his dad, really. Yeah, and his dad is kind of tacitly attached to this. His dad kind of started it all out, and it was a very, like, beta version of him. But... <laughs> with all those cowboy songs. Yeah, with all those <laughs> cowboy songs. And the cowboys <laughs> whistling. And so our next nominee, probably the sweetest man you'll never meet, at least according to everything we've read about him, Mississippi John Hurt. Oh, yes, a sweet old man. A man who still to this day... I'm trying to learn how to play his fucking songs on guitar. One of my most favorite guitar players. Almost said favoritist. <laughs> <laughs> and so for a third nominee, we got a Dogen Ronan O'Rahili. <laughs> what, you don't remember him? 
<laughs> really? We talked like this is like the guy in the biggest band ever. <laughs> yeah, he, he was the main Beatle. Come on now. He's <laughs> the fifth Beatle. <laughs> he, he was the one who wrote all the songs. Yeah, come on come now. Come on now, guys. He just had a terrible voice, so he didn't want to do it. But actually, this gentleman is uh, the founder slash uh, big head behind the UK pirate radio scene. This man brought music to people who were not allowed to have music via radio tyranny (laughs) because of BBC. Are you really surprised that the British government tried to, you know... Not let people listen to certain shit. (laughs) (laughs) Especially that shit included like Bob Dylan and the Beatles. Like this is like the British Boston Tea Party. (laughs) Yeah. The Boston the Boston Riff Party. I don't know. The Boston Riff Party. (laughs) (laughs) They're not even in Boston. It doesn't make any sense and I don't care. (laughs) It's the Brixton It's the Brixton Riff Party. Now you're just trying too hard, Ian. Well, you know, <laughs> the only the first city that came up in mind was from a Stray cat song from Rumble and Brighton, so take that. <laughs> and next, we've got probably one of the most unique rock and rollers ever, especially if you're talking about the 50s. Oh, my God. We've got Little Richard. Yep. And uh, probably one of the most famous people that we actually covered, but it's still one of the most worthy candidates. Well, the reason why he gets a nomination is because not only was he famous, but he was also black and gay. Yeah. Which is and like a dra- three no nos back in the 50s. And a drag queen. And a drag queen. Yeah. So he, he was just. Like four no nos. Yeah. He was so far ahead of his time and didn't give a fuck and made some of the best shit and honestly deserves way more credit than he gets. Even our description, we compared him to Elvis fucking Presley, and I'd stand by that because he's awesome, and Elvis is not really that awesome. He's also, you know, a way better showman, let's be honest. Yeah, (laughs) by far. I mean, all right, Elvis, you can shake your fucking hips. We get it. (laughs) Do something else for us, huh? Won't you roll over, Beethoven? (laughs) well i got a dad joke in there (laughs) oh my god moving on and last we have link ray oh yes and the reason why we put him on here is because he was part native american and you know in the area he lived in fucking white supremacists ruled it and terrorized the shit out of his family and he had to hide his heritage for like a huge chunk of his career. Yeah, and, and pretty much everything about his music and all the shit that he caught ended up being just a lot of that left over. And it was really unfortunate because Link Ray makes some fucking fantastic jams. He really did. And, you know, he was one of the innovators of surf along with a man we unfortunately weren't able to cover, Dick Dale. Yeah, I mean, he was always on the list, but, you know, it's you, you can't get to everybody, guys. And now for the winner of the Most Righteous of People Award. Bum, 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 bum. Lomax. Yep, and <laughs> honestly, you should have seen this one coming because Alan Lomax is a badass. And, uh, you know, if we have a lot of, like, negative mascots for this uh, show, you know, of all the people we talk about, we kind of mascot certain people, you know, like, I don't know, lead belly slashing people with razors and all that, but... Alan Lomax is our our good guy. He's our angel. He deserves this. 
He's essentially our role model for what we were trying to do with this. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and and even with no matter what we do in the future, it's always going to have that spirit just because he was so fucking inspiring. So, And, you know, the next one's going to be whatever the fuck we want it to be, so we will still have music episodes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. If you guys thought we were done with music, you are you are silly. And so the next one, you know, we get some people who like to party. Oh, goodness. The Stupor Award. <laughs> yeah, this is a very special award to those who are the drunkest and highest people in our uh, in our podcast history because it turned out way more people were doing drugs than even I expected, even though I knew we were going into a mo- music podcast and everyone was going to be doing drugs. But we ended up talking about way more. Yeah, it was like all more. of them. Yeah, we ended up talking about way more than I thought we were going to. And so our first nominee, we have Towns Van Zant. Oh, yes. Who wrote some pretty fucking awesome music. But he was a stumbly bastard. And loved his heroin, treated his kid like shit because he was always high or drunk. And of course, you know, when he went to go and record his last record, or just before he went to go record it anyway, he stumbled down some stairs while he was drunk and broke his hip and essentially died from it. Yep. (laughs) So, (laughs) I mean. There you go. That's the stupor award in its iconicity right there. And then we got Hassel Adkins. Oh, my God. <laughs> this is the one-man band who thought he was going to be, you know, famous at one point. <laughs> <laughs> you know, he had to, he was given a fifth of vodka, which was slowly filled by water by the club owner when, when Hassel wasn't looking, you know, just so he could perform. Yep. And he would randomly wander out of out of his gigs before he would play, and people would lose him. You know, I mean, yeah, the general kind of drunk <laughs> that turns into a fucking man child that must be babysat. <laughs> the hillbilly, you know, who lived with his mom until she died, and then stayed in her trailer for the rest of his life, and ended up getting run over by his teenage neighbor who fucking hated him (laughs) (laughs) yeah that's still one of the craziest endings (laughs) yeah i did not see that one coming when i when i did this research i thought for sure he would die of alcohol poisoning or something no and honestly like there's a there's not a dignified way to say that you you were beefing with a child and he still won ran you over the dirt bike well it was an atv he had four wheels yeah jesus (laughs) that would be terrible what's a more hillbilly way to attack somebody is with your quad yeah right i can't afford a car but i do got this with four wheels <laughs> and yes in our next podcast i will be making fun of the Southmore yeah. and, oh, yeah. and attempting very horrible impressions of various other people from the, around the world yep. you know mainly like the brits and irish you know but i can't do those accents they're going to sound terrible. Oh, it's going to be even better because Ian's going to have to pronounce names from around the world, too. It's going to be it's going to be the best part. <laughs> it's going to be the most epic failure ever. <laughs> so if you want to tune in to, with me laughing Ian, you know where to find us. <laughs> and for all of you who listened to our earlier episodes, we got Charlie Poole, one of the like early innovators of what would eventually become bluegrass. Yep. And this was... A banjo-picking son of a bitch. The original banjo-picking son of a bitch. (laughs) And, of course, he was a drunk. And the reason why we have him on here is because he got a check from Hollywood 
and that check was for him to travel to California. Instead, he used all that money and drank himself to death with it. Yep, it was supposed to be his big uh, his big revival in Hollywood. Instead, he decided to have one final bender. <laughs> that must have been some fucking bender, though, so, dude. He's a banjo-picking <laughs> son of a bitch. There's probably a lot of banjo-picking going on. And then, you know... We've got Bradley Noel from our last episode. Oh, and this guy, he stupid. He definitely stupid. I mean, first of all, he gone into heroin because, you know, he felt like that was like the rock and roll thing to do. Yeah, he, he did it to be cool. And what's more stupid than that, right? <laughs> oh, this is not a stupid award. This is a stupid award. <laughs> and, you know, as much as we love the guy... He did OD literally like a month before his groundbreaking super mega hit album came out. Yep, uh, with a brand new baby daughter and a brand new wife. So, uh, yeah. Who br- he had been married to for seven a week. months? Oh, was it seven? It, it was, was a week? seven days. Oh, right. Yeah, that's, yeah, pretty fucked up, bro. You know, it, one of those things where we want to always, you know, like we really love Brad's music and all that, but damn, bro. Damn. And so the last nomination is the entire band of the Velvet Underground <laughs> who literally wrote a song called Heroin. Yep. And they were uh, well known for their drug antics. And uh, if you listen to that episode, I think you get a little bit more of a flair for why we, uh, why we would decide to put a whole band on here. But Jesus Christ. And the winner for Stupor Award is... Dum-dum-dum-dum-dum-dum-dum. Charlie Poole. Yes, you you drunk son of a bitch. Because, <laughs> I mean, that whole episode was just like half stories of him being drunk. Yeah, and how he was just constantly just, yeah. A pain in the ass. Yeah, I, I don't know. I think that's too uh, that's too soft. A pain in the ass is, is very mild compared to what I think he probably was. <laughs> I mean, he did disappear on, on his uh, fiddle player for, what, like a month? Yeah. When least- he was just like, hey... Here's my sister. I'm going to go down the street real quick. Yeah, exactly. Left, made his friend <laughs> sleep on a couch for like a month while he disappeared getting drunk. <laughs> Two people he had never met before. Yep. <laughs> so fucked up. You know, we really have talked about a lot of musicians who were, you know, kind of innovative in the way they played, you know, and yep. weren't really appreciated for what they were at the time. Indeed. We actually talked about a lot of musicians who fit that profile. And so this is the Before Their Time Award. When selecting the nominees for this category, we really made sure to pick up the people who were not only weren't really sought after in their time, but also were ahead of their time with their musical themes. Because a lot of the, like the musical themes of some of these people wouldn't even be cool for five to ten more years after they you know were stopped or done or had already been you know perfecting it. And so our first nominee, a woman who would write Elvis's biggest hit. <laughs> well, not write, but be the first one to perform Elvis's biggest hit, Big Mama Thornton. Yep, Big Mama Thornton was fucking amazing. Her music was fucking fantastic, and she, well, nobody knows her name now, so she obviously it wasn't really uh, properly compensated with fame for her value. She definitely was not. And then our next is probably what many consider the inventor of rock and roll, Sister Rosetta Tharp. Yeah, uh, this she fucking rocks. <laughs> yeah, this 
holy god woman who also possibly had you know lesbian relationships <laughs> yeah accused accused so i said supposed <laughs> but either way uh, her music is fucking amazing and she really did like pretty much invent rock and roll well before rock and roll ever existed and then we've got the velvet underground who you know as we mentioned in the episode they really should have been like a 90s like grunge rock band of some sort you know like they would have fit so well in that era of like early 90s like punk grungy shit yeah for sure and then you know the king of rock and roll himself little richard yep you know just like all the things we mentioned before black gay cross-dresser a general badass general badassery you know way before his time and you know Scaring white people all across all across the country. <laughs> and then we've got the hometown heroes for us, the Sonics. Yeah. Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> <laughs> that was Ian imitating the Sonics, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> I thought I did that one pretty well. Yeah, not so bad, not so bad. Four out of ten. And the winner is... And the winner... For before their time is dun, 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 dun. Little Richard. For good reason, because he's awesome and he was well before his time in so many aspects. And as we mentioned before, did never get the uh, the real uh, respect. Yeah, the real respect that he actually deserved. Moving on to the next award, you know, we've run into a lot of musicians who have lived. Pretty tragic lives. Oh, yes. Good portion of all of the musicians, in fact, that we covered. And so we got the Tragic Life Award. Yep. And the Tragic Life Award, obviously, we picked candidates who uh, not only died tragically, but lived a life of, uh, well, abject tragedy, usually. Uh, Usually some sort of uh, themes of not-so-goodness through their life. Uh, And honestly, like... It's not really like we're we're celebrating who had the worst existence, but it, it truly we're recognizing it. It truly does need to be recognized that some of the people who like lived through adversities that were so much more than the average person and still really produce some of the most fantastic music of all time. And our first nominee, we've got Billie Holiday. Oh yes, you know she was abused by all of her husbands. You know racially stigmatized through most of her career oh, god i mean can you imagine not just that but you know gender you know stigmatized too yeah, exactly uh just in general uh and being such a fantastic fucking musician as she was it's unfortunate that she didn't even get i don't know she should have been such a, like a world-class musician never got the opportunity for stupid reasons and also you know how dare she fucking write a song about racism in the South? <gasps> no. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. Either way, uh, we we really want to recognize her for the, the bullshit that she was put through. So, And then we got Buddy Holly. You know, I mean. You don't get you. you there's a lot of tragedy that we discussed, but this is the this is the tragedy. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, this, this is, is like the one that pie. everybody knows. The day the music died. Yeah, bye bye, Miss American Pie. Like, I mean that that alone really uh, cemented his place here in these nominations. And then we've got Rocky Erickson, the man who helped coin the term psychedelic. Yep. While also doing a bunch of psychedelics right before he discovered he had a 
inherited trait in his family of schizophrenia. Yay. And that led to years of him getting shock therapy, getting out and being the crazy fucking loon walking around Texas who used to entertain everybody, and eventually to the point where he completely stopped playing music and had to fall asleep with, like, five TVs on and ten radios and just get a bunch of white noise to get the voices in his head to shut out because his mom didn't believe in medicine because she, you know, her religion said it was wrong. Yeah, just generally terrible way. Uh, he lived through that that whole, like, late 50s, uh, let's give everybody lobotomies and shock therapy bullshit. And Well, he lived through the lobotomies, but he definitely didn't get past the shock therapy yeah he was he was highly selected for shock therapy yeah that's a and the reason why he got sent into the um high security crazy person penitentiary is only because he tried to escape because he didn't like it there yeah well who would like it there crazy people (laughs) (laughs) and then we've got lead belly who you know I mean, we did banter around whether to put him on the list or not, but he did really find himself in a bunch of unfortunate circumstances in life and ended up, you know, taking some life or slashing some people. Yeah, he did slash his way out of most of his problems with a razor. So, I mean, we we should still clarify that. but. But his life was tragic in and out of prison for most of it, and it took the fucking gift of the most righteous people on earth John and Alan Lomax to discover him to get him out of prison. Yep, absolutely. And then we got Robert Johnson, who really spent the entirety of his short life and career, you know, people believing he learned everything from the devil. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> he, he himself was kind of persecuted a little bit for his uh, his connection to somebody else's claim about, me, about them learning music from the devil just because their names were similar. On top of that, he only got to record a very small amount of music before he died. That was also, like, extremely highly influential on the shape of music, too. uh, It is is unfortunate because Robert Johnson still to this day remains a pretty well-known name. And let's not forget how he died. He was either poisoned by a jealous husband or poisoned by a jealous girlfriend. Yeah, either way, getting poisoned (laughs) is not a good way to go. And the winner of the most tragic life award. <laughs> wow, that was really hard to. Yeah. <laughs> the winner ish. <laughs> Rocky Erickson. Yep. This is one me and Pat also got in a fist fight over. Yeah. Uh, it's, it How's was... your nose feeling over there? <laughs> uh, honestly, like, it, this was the, probably one of the hardest decisions because it's yeah. hard to quantify such a thing as tragedy, but. It really did boil down between billy holiday and rocky erickson though too yeah for obvious reasons and we really should give like a a a serious nod to billy holiday because you know she did live through like a whole bunch of shit but the fucking forced medical treatments and things like that that he received and And then and then unforced medical treatment that he received yeah exactly and then the religious like removal of medical treatment it's just so so terrible i don't know that i i personally uh feel very strongly about like the the late 50s strange psycho medicine that went around so and you know what musicians are always good at doing what having sex at least you know finding people to have sex with right yeah i mean of course you know so we have to have a biggest floozy award (laughs) Yeah, I mean, we we obviously had to have the biggest floozy award because we encountered a, 
a general amount of uh, you know rock and roll flusedom. Uh, so we thought we'd throw out an award that isn't really an award. It's more of a cautionary tale because I'm sure at the end it really wasn't. Uh, <laughs> it never Con- was worth what you thought it was. Congratulations. You avoided the worst STD. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Whatever it may have been. And some of these gentlemen, uh, well, they're, they're something else. And so our first nominee is Screaming Jay Hawkins. Yep. And he had a frenzy with all his women. (laughs) If you guys didn't catch that reference, that's the name of one of his songs. Oh, that was not a good one. Ian. that was, Hey, you laughed. So I I know. And I'm ashamed of myself for laughing. (laughs) I just encourage you further. (laughs) So by the end of his life, he was survived by about 56 children. <laughs> we did the math on our podcast, and he was having more than one child a year for the entire time that he was famous. So from from when his from when his first album came out till the end of his career, he had it was like 1.2 or 1.3 children a year. And then we've got Bobby Womack. Yep. Along with his sexual escapades while on tour, he also hooked up with Sam Cooke's wife three months. After he died, and by hooked up, I mean married, you know? Yep. And got down with that for a while, but then decided she wasn't good enough and wanted her 17-year-old daughter. Yep. Like, uh, you know, this guy This guy should have probably gotten the uh, some scumbag award nominations, but uh, this is like a scummy floozy award. If he wins, it's he's we're going to... He's the... Scamoozy. <laughs> yep, it's the Scamoozy Award. We're gonna have to go back and edit that in there. Don't worry. We're gonna use the robotic voice. And then we've got, of course, Lemmy. Yep. Who, despite how ugly he was, you know, he did win, you know, the most you know, he did win the award for quotes, right? And so, you know, if you can talk to a woman and respect them and stuff like that, they're gonna sleep with you. And supposedly he slept with over 2,000 women. Yeah. And, I mean, you know, it, to make that claim or, you know, try and count that high is pretty ridiculous. But uh, especially with that giant mole on your face. Yeah, <laughs> just, just to try. I, I mean, that's that's why you're doing it, though. You got to the number 2,000 is just big enough to cover up that giant mole. And then, of course, we've got Sam Cooke. You know, Bobby Womack probably learned the ways of picking up women from him because... He had orgies for Jesus. Yeah, he, the, <laughs> if you haven't seen that episode or listened to that episode, it, it's well worth going back and taking a look at. It's called Orgies for God. And <laughs> if that title alone doesn't clarify how good that episode was. And it's got a surprise ending. I would suggest listening to his episode before the Bobby Womack one. Yeah, because they are very connected. If, if not for Bobby, Bobby Womack's lust for his wife. And then last, also... Another, another one, you know, who is kind of scumbaggy, kind of floozy. We've got Jerry Lee Lewis. Oh, oh uh, <laughs> this guy's kind of like an inside floozy, like kind of floozy <laughs> for like family members. Probably the man who got married the most. Definitely the man who got married the most. He married. He married his new wife before his old wife divorced him twice. Twice. Yeah. And the the second time he did that was to his. 13-year-old cousin. Yeah. Really gross, bro. And so our winner is... uh, Biggest Floozy Slut Award. Jerry Lee Lewis. Just kidding. 
That was fucking <laughs> gross. I'm about to puke. <laughs> I was like, oh my God, that's not what we agreed on. Ian. What are you doing? <laughs> it is, of course, Screaming Jay Hawkins. Yeah, you can't beat the math on Screaming Jay, dude. More than a child a year for the entire time you're famous, and he's famous for 40 years. Like, <laughs> I think. You... I mean, have you ever heard of a condom, dude? Come on yeah. now. <laughs> no, man, he's the middleweight boxing champion. And, you know, most of the people we've covered in this podcast have died. Some of them went out a little bit more spectacularly in our What a Way to Go Out award. Yeah, we did have some pretty wicked deaths. And wicked being the uh, applicable term in more than one of them. And so our first nominee, Spade Cooley, who is anything but Cooley to his wife. Yeah, uncooley to his wife, bro. And... So the crazy thing about this guy was is he was about to get let out of jail after killing his wife. Yeah, and this is the guy we discussed earlier who killed his wife and brought his daughter in to come yep. fucking look at it. It's just just a general psychopath. And so don't feel like don't feel like we're bringing any pity on him with this award. This is just such a strange set of circumstances to be the end of your life that it does give you a nomination here. Well, and so before he was about to be let out, they allowed him to go play a show, you know, and he was up on stage playing, having a good time. Everybody was quite well receptive of him for what he had done. And he goes backstage to take a break and he says to someone back there, I think it's going to work out for me. I have a feeling that today is the first day of the rest of my life. And then immediately had a heart attack afterwards. Yep, that was the end of his <laughs> life right there. <laughs> and so, like I said, don't think that this is some sort of accolade for being a good guy. This is just circumstantially what the fuck. Like, to be like, this is all working out. It's every, this is the first day of the rest of my life. And then just be <laughs> done. Yeah. Uh, if, if there's a God, he did that. <laughs> God smote him. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> And our next nominee is Bix Biederbeck. Another guy who is a a bittersweet story. Like, I really love this guy's story, and I mentioned earlier that I'll never be able to forget the end of it because it's so (laughs) asinine and crazy. And so, you know, it was during a week of quite hot weather, and, you know, everybody's got their windows open late into the evenings, and he's annoying the shit out of his neighbors by playing piano way too late. (laughs) As always, apparently. He apparently did this regularly. And so one night, people start hearing a bunch of crazy noises and shouting and shit coming from his room. And, of course, the landlord comes over because at the time, you know, they usually lived in the same building. And this is a quote from his landlord, and he would say, His hysterical shouts brought me to his apartment on the run. He pulled me in and pointed to the bed. His whole body was trembling violently. He was screaming that there was two Mexicans hiding under his bed with long daggers. (laughs) (laughs) And this is where we get the racism. (laughs) To humor him, I looked under the bed. And when I arose to assure him that no one was hiding there, he staggered and fell a dead weight in my arms. I ran across the hall and called a woman doctor, Dr. Haberski, to examine him. She pronounced him dead. <laughs> <laughs> Look, yeah, just, just, 
Just to be tripping out so bad and you're racist paranoid to be like, there's Mexicans under the bed with long knives and then you like <laughs> die of a coronary or whatever. I don't know. That's epic just, that's a pretty epic death. That is that is an asinine fucking ridiculous death. <laughs> that is like a comic book death. <laughs> it really is. And then of course we've got Lemmy again. Oh my god. And you know, really his way he went out was just he toured till he died, man. He just got off a tour three weeks before he died. Like, literally just came off of a tour. And then when his cancer took a turn for the worst, all of his rock and roll buddies were rushing to come say goodbye before he died. Yep. And, yeah, so playing to the end, I guess that's a that's a pretty damn righteous way. Rock and roll till the day he died. And then we've got Hank Sr. And, of course, and of course he drank himself to death in the back of a vehicle while he was being driven to his next gig. Yep. Also rock and roll <laughs> till he died, even though he was country. Yeah. <laughs> Hank Williams Sr. was very rock and roll, and not necessarily always in the best way, but he still classifies. And then we've got Buddy Holly, because, again, you know, I mean, fucking trying to get to your next gig, hopping a plane so you're not freezing in the bus, right? Yep. And, you know... And the way he went out, too, with him telling Waylon Jennings, I hope you freeze your old butt off, and Waylon Jennings telling him, hope the plane crashes. Yeah, that is that is just so fucked up. <laughs> I was so glad to bring that to you, because I always had heard that, but until I did the research, man, it was just like, oh, fuck, everything I heard about it was true. Oh, my God, it's, that is just so crazy to me. And the winner of... What a way to go out award is Spade Cooley because he got smoked by God himself. Yes, because God came down and actually put that man to death. And I accept that. I'm not even a religious man, but I'll create a God just for that moment. And we've definitely met some sketchy characters along the way. Some you might say you don't want to meet in a dark alley award. Yeah, oh, there we go. <laughs> ah. And the nominees are Lead Belly. Yep, well, uh, he's the razor slashing badass. Screaming Jay Hawkins, who was the Alaskan <laughs> yeah, middleweight Ala- champion. <laughs> yeah, Alaskan middleweight champion. And he will also bang your wife and your all your wife's cousins. And get them pregnant. Yeah, exactly, and have 20 more children. And then we got Link Ray, whose music will literally... Start a, f- a rumble. <laughs> yeah, he won't even have to do anything. His music is going to make people fist fight, so don't even worry about it. And then, you know, if you're Jerry Lee Lewis, don't marry him, especially not in a dark alley. <laughs> yeah. you know, nobody wants to meet Jerry Lee Lewis in a dark alley. And then we've got Phil Spector, who would definitely pull a gun on you in a dark alley. He, was, he would probably already have the gun out from fear while pissing himself. Yeah, he, he, <laughs> he's the biggest coward with a gun of all. So, uh, you know, you don't want to meet the coward with a gun in the alley either. And the winner of the one you don't want to meet in a dark alley is... Lead Belly. Yeah, because I don't <laughs> want to get slashed with a razor. I don't want to get slashed with a razor either. Yeah, I, I, that just sounds terrible. That's worse than stabbing. I don't know. I'm I'm terrified of getting slashed with a razor after this making this podcast. <laughs> well, it's only because we've made so many jokes. <laughs> and you know, along with righteous people, this is probably our other, you know, real prestigious award in this evening. And that's the most unsung musical heroes award. 
And the, some of these people are the most unsung. I'm not even going to lie. Like, this list was not only the, really hard to put together because there's so many that were unsung. It was the hardest to make our, like, final decision on. And our first nominee is Janice Martin. Lady Elvis. Lady Elvis. And, of course, you know, her career got totally fucked over because she got married and didn't tell anybody and then got knocked up, and that was a fucking no-no back then. <gasps> oh, no. Yeah, exactly. Like, to, to persecute her like that because she was fucking pregnant and all that shit, it's just so fucked up. And she was literally Lady Elvis. She was as good as Elvis. and I on, think better. Well, yeah, probably better. But, you know, I was, I was just, either way, she's awesome. She actually wrote some of her own songs, all right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. And had talent. And then we've got Dale Hawkins, the man we met in Everett, Washington at the Anchor Bar. Yep. And this is, we, he got the nomination because of our personal connection to him and because he wrote one of the most covered songs of all time and mo- nobody knows who he is. Yeah. He didn't even get credit for writing it. That was for CCR. I mean, how many people know CCR did not write Susie Q? Yeah, exactly. Almost nobody knows that. So, you know, keep in mind. Some people don't get the credit they deserve for some of these people who've gotten really famous. So, And then, of course, we've got the Sonics. Oh, yes. Hometown heroes. Hometown heroes. And, you know, they were punk before punk existed. Yeah. The, the early garage rock is, is so cool and unique for how early it was. And then we've got, you know... Female Jesus herself, Sister Rosetta Tharp. Yep, another fantastic musician and way ahead of her time. Way ahead of her time. Like, she was definitely among one of our, no, like, top arguments for who would win that. But, yeah. you know, I mean, she, her name needs to get out there because she literally was, like, the first to play rock and roll. Yeah, exactly. More people need to listen to her music. She's on my playlist now, and I don't even listen to much of, like, that style even. And then we've got Django Reinhardt. Yep. I mean. What, what can you say about a three-fingered uh, badass gypsy guitar p- or player? Come on, guys. I mean, he was really two-fingered because, I mean, you're not counting his thumb. Yeah, I guess. He's that's just holding good, the neck. I guess that's a good point. Two-fingered gypsy guitar player. He plays with two fingers what I can't do with all of them. So. <laughs> and toes. Yeah, exactly. Shit, yeah, I can borrow your fingers, and I'm still not going to achieve some of that shit. <laughs> And the winner of most unsung musical hero is do, 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 do. Janice Martin. Fuck yeah. This is this is a hands down easy choice. She, it's it's honestly just because she was propped up to be the next big thing, was made to be kept un, under Elvis's wing, and then fucking got fucked over just because she was in love. Yep. Like, no, exactly. She's just just such bullshit and she's is easily worth being, you know, the queen of rock and roll. We shouldn't be talking about Elvis if we're not talking about Janice Martin. And so now it's time for our last award. And this award, it really seems right to put this last because really, for a lot of things, this was kind of the theme of the podcast. You know, cautionary tales, but really it's the what not to do award. Yeah, it's it's the seriously what not to do award. And we've got Bradley Knoll. You definitely don't want to overdose on heroin right before you become famous. Yeah, right after you get married and have a young daughter. Don't do that. And then we've got the Dell Vikings, who, you know, made it famous and then also famously split because 
you know, they got into arguments over, you know, fucking contract rights and who they were signed to and blah, 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 and basically ruined their career before they could really make a shit ton of money off of it. Yeah, they had practically been given a golden ticket and they fucked it up because they couldn't get along with the people in their band. And then we've got Charlie Parker, another guy who loved his heroin. Yeah. And he at least had a career, you know, he at least made it big, but... You know, he died in a fucking hotel because he did way too much heroin. Yep, and uh, just, yeah, don't do drugs. I think we've said that a bunch of times already. Don't do drugs. Don't do drugs. I mean, the biggest cautionary tale you could uh, say ever. Yep. At least don't do hard drugs. I mean, you smoke pot occasionally. There's nothing wrong with it. (laughs) And then we got Jimmy Rogers, and people might be going, isn't that a, what, uh, why him, huh? What, why? Well, He decided to ignore the doctors and, you know, kept going on and playing music. And it eventually led to a painful, quite painful death, I would imagine. Yeah. And you know what? Listen to your fucking doctors, man. If they say you need to rest and not spread a deadly disease to people, you know, fucking do it. Yeah. Maybe not do that. Yeah. Uh, Listening to doctors is another ultimate uh, cautionary tale. Also, if you got COVID... Stay in your house until yeah. it's fucking gone. Yeah, listen to doctors and scientists. I don't know why I have to say that out loud, but do it. And then we've got MC5. And they're, they made it here because you really don't want the man who's the head of a communist organization running your fucking band for you, all right? Yeah, exactly. Don't get into weird, uh, you know, sp- quasi-political stance groups and let your front man embezzle a bunch of money off the band. That's a that's a cautionary tale in and of itself. <laughs> and then forcing you to take, you know, shows that are, like, right in the middle of a riot and shit. Yeah. <laughs> not a great way to get your image out nope, there. No, nope, not but a good way. Maybe, maybe nowadays that might be cool, someone rapping over while some people are going, fuck the cops and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I don't even want to get into that, but I don't think that's the way that's going to go nowadays, Ian. I think it would work. <laughs> Anybody who does it, though, did not hear that from me. And the winner for the final award of the night. Boom, boom, boom. What not to do, Bradley Knoll. Yeah, don't do that. You're Bradley Knoll was such a fantastic fucking musician and gave it up on the eve of being famous for just another hit of heroin or whatever. Yeah, and I always come back to, like, you know, what would have been, you know, with everything he created, with, you know... Dude had another 20 years of music in him at least. And it might not have been stuff we might not necessarily have liked, but we could have been those fucking assholes who were like, well, you should listen to the early shit, man. Is fucking great. Yeah. You know, before they fucking sold out. Yeah, you've stolen Ian's ability to become a hipster about this, Bradley. How I know. dare you? It's, it's the worst. The I worst. cannot believe that he How has... dare you die before I can be a hipster of for your name? <laughs> <laughs> it's all right. I still kinda do that because of the way Sublime is super famous. So people will be like, Are you like Sublime? And I'll be I'll have to stop and be like, Yeah. <laughs> but you're going to talk about a song that I don't want to talk about, and I don't want to do that, so maybe. <laughs> so, you know, I, I think we could still be hipsters about Ian. That's fair, but not as hipstery as I'd like to be about it. I mean, 
It is fun to throw out Cisco Kid out there, though. <laughs> yeah, no, I love I love Bullet Cisco Kid. It's one of my favorite songs of all. I mean, and really, if all of you out there want to be the greatest and most hipstery of all, dude, check out our next podcast. Seriously, though, uh, more more importantly than you know, if if you were just here for the music history, and we we'll totally understand that. And we want to make sure that you know that we are so fucking appreciative for every person who spent even a minute to listening to us, even a single episode of ours, because God damn it, those uncountable amount of ears out there who have listened to our first uh, year have really made it worth it. It's made us really want to put more effort into it. And the reason we're doing this new podcast is because we really want to bring you an even better show than we have. Yeah, we really feel like we can expand it more to just like, a general history really bring out some real scumbags out there. <laughs> <laughs> no, we're, we're not just going to talk about bad no. people. Obviously, yeah, that's, that's been that's so one of the, overplayed. That's one of the reasons we don't want to continue to do this is because we were unfortunately surprised by how many shit bags we ended up covering. More people than not, we looked at that we really respected. We got back to and lost the respect for you know musicians that we really loved. So we're going to get into more deep historical things and not just like not just history. Yeah, we're going to do like nerd shit on occasion. Like it's literally going to be about whatever we want, really. But, you know, there's going to be kind of a historical overtone to everything we do because we really like, you know, bringing back people's past and, you know, possibly learning a thing or two from it. Yeah, we we especially like uh, researching things, so we will be doing a lot of historical things with a lot of sources, but we also like to do, I don't know, a little crazy and a little fun, so we're going to do our wacky episodes and, you know, mix episodes up and have all types of fun. I'm going to harass the living shit out of Ian and make yeah, his life gonna hell. Yeah, there's going to be a ton of making fun of me, too. Oh, God. So. so if you're just here for, like, making Ian's life hell, which is kind of 50% of the reasons I show up every week... Uh, Please. At Pat, bro. <laughs> yeah, please, you can join. You can join my team. We'll uh, we'll put together a little Discord for the uh, for the podcast, and everybody can join together, and we'll all make fun of Ian together. And as one whole mass, we can all make me feel like shit. Yep, it's it's what I strive for every day. But mainly, thank you all for your time. I you know usually we're at this point we ask you to like you know review or whatever, but. That's not really necessary at this point because uh, we don't really give a fuck anymore. So we love you to death, and it has nothing to do with any stars. And check out the Tome of Fucking Knowledge, and have a good night. We love you. <laughs>